This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross here with you from our Grand Forks studios, joined uh, in studio by Father Jason Leffer, a fellow priest of the Diocese of Fargo and a classmate, as we are uh, rapidly approaching our silver anniversary celebration. The 5th of June, the Memorial of St. Boniface, we were uh, called to the altar of God in 1999. So 25 years, where has it gone? You know, is it... Time always has two, I would say there's two types of time. There's one that it seems like just yesterday. It seems, I mean, we're not getting old at all. It's just, yet, and then there's this other one where it seems like that was forever ago. Who can yeah. remember it? it? And they always kind of happen in the, mm-hmm. in the same moment. You always got these two senses. Parents will often say the days can be long, but the years are fast. So yeah. there are a couple of different levels of that as well. So we'll, we'll stop waxing nostalgic for a moment here and, and head on to uh, the business at hand. We are pleased to be welcoming back with us um, from Crisis Magazine, Eric Sammons. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thanks so much for having me, and congratulations on your upcoming anniversary. All, all of us lay people are very thankful for our, our good Catholic priests, so we, we really do appreciate your, your, your ministry and your service. Thank you very much, and, and your prayers mean mean the world to us, even if we don't make a, a point of saying that regularly. And, and I love the fact that you, you invoke the catechism there to think the best of your neighbor, even though you don't know if we really are good priests or not. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that very much, Eric. Put it this way, we tr- both Father Gross and myself, we try. We try very hard to be good, I faithful. I would kick you off the radio if you weren't. Well, well not that, but we try to also be sane, relatively sane, and we try to be happy right. as well, you know, for the not only our, our soul's sake, but the, the people yeah. of God as well. Right, and, and to bring a little uh, warmth and sunshine into the, um, uh, the, the, the the cold North Dakota winters and in the upper Midwest in our listening area. So, uh, Eric, just to um, reorient yourself to some of our listeners who haven't heard of you or heard from you before, um, if you could just give us a little bit of a introduction in terms of uh, the work that you're doing and how you've, how you've come upon it. Sure. So I, I'm a convert to the Catholic Church 30, over 30 years ago now, and I, I was an evangelical Protestant, and I, I retained a real desire for evangelization after that. And so after I became Catholic, about 10 years later, I got involved with my parish's evangelization efforts. We did door-to-door uh, campaigns and things of that nature. And then for five years, I worked as the director of uh, evangelization for a diocese. Uh, and so very involved in, in it there as well. And then I left that, and then soon after that, I became the editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine. And so, and that's basically involved in a little different type of evangelization, I like to think of it, where we talk about what, very bluntly what's happening in the Church and scandals and crisis at times. But we also try to say, in fact, I have an article going up later today about this, that, yeah, there's still good going on. And so we want to be aware of bad things happening so we can address it with our loved ones when they bring it up, like, oh, did you hear what the Pope said, or did you hear what happened here? And say, okay, let's talk about that. Let's let's understand what was actually said, what it means, and things of that nature. So I feel like I'm still involved in evangelization um, with crisis, but it's mostly helping other Catholics now uh, kind of navigate the world, the, the church that we're in right now, 
to help souls get to heaven because that's really what it was yeah. all about. I like that use of the word navigating because that's kind of how I picture the way you are um, manifesting uh, the role that you are performing in uh, Catholic media. That um, yeah, some things may seem polemical that you're talking about, but it's not for its own sake. You know that uh, ultimately you are trying to um, uh, shed light on things uh, uh, in a way, but you know not really. You know, not not uh, burning bridges just for antagonism's sake, and and uh, I know there are a lot of us who really enjoy coming across um, your uh, your your columns and your content, and and really give us food for thought. So, one of the topics that we wanted to address with you is um, uh, what uh, Jesus has to say on the subject of, let's say, if you're. Uh, hitting resistance and hitting a brick wall when it comes to evangelizing. There are places in the Synoptic Gospels where upon sending the disciples out two by two, and uh, Jesus is clear with them that if people are not receiving you well to uh, shake the dust from the town off of your feet in testimony against them. Um, so if you want to just go ahead and start wherever you want to begin of, um, uh, of this particular topic. This is something that is a hard topic, it, particularly because of the way we, we, I think honestly, the way we look at God and the way we understand our Lord, and I think it sometimes is, is not the proper way, not the scriptural way, not the traditional way. And what I mean by that is this, that our Lord told the disciples, he sent them out, told them to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, uh, perform miracles, do all these things, and he told them give your peace upon a house that receives you, but if they are not worthy of it, he actually uses the word, if they're not worthy of it, this is in Matthew uh, 10, uh, 5 through 15, those who want to look it up, he says, shake the dust off your feet and walk away. And I think that's something, it's one of those verses we want to kind of skim over and get to the next, the, the, the better verses. <laughs> yeah. But I think it, it's something we have to recognize, and that is that when we are evangelizing others. And by evangelizing, that's, that's only, you know, church words, but really it just means when we're sharing our faith with others, telling them about what Jesus has done in our life and what he can do in their life, there are times that we have to simply, we have to simply stop. We have to kind of walk away from the situation and recognize that we're not doing any good, and our Lord doesn't actually want us to continue to do what we're doing. And this is really hard, especially when you're, well, if you're talking about like your, your son, or, or a, a good friend, or even your spouse. It might be where you have to stop evangelizing that person, at least explicitly, because you're following our Lord's command, because he didn't just say this kind of randomly or, or for effect. He meant it because he understood, of course, as nobody else could, what human people are like and how we sometimes are open and sometimes we're closed. And when we're closed, we can actually make things, when somebody's closed, we actually make things worse by continuing to push and push and push upon them. One of the things that I was thinking of here as you were talking about that is how people might use the term failure or define failure. You know, that might be a motivation that they don't want to be seen or to consider themselves as a failure and how they go about it with regard to sharing the gospel. And I think um, it's good for us to remember that there are a lot of things that in isolated ways may appear as failure, even though we may not think of it that way. Think of the uh, great Jesuit missionary, St. Francis Xavier, you know, the stories that people 
people tell about him are of baptizing so many people in the Orient that at the end of the day his arms were just lame from, you know, all of the work and stuff like that. But for each day that there was like that, there were, you know, there had to be lots of frustrating days as well. So, you know, why is it that we don't just completely consign him, you know, or people like him to the heap of failure, but we might be, you know, inclined to describe ourselves or, or others that way when, you know, looking at uh, the tasks that we identify before us of evangelization. That's a great point, Father, and it's one I, I really came to this conclusion years ago, and I recognize a lot of our evangelization efforts, we have the wrong attitude when we go about them. We look at them as a marketing campaign, and success is only based upon the response. But evangelization is different because success is based upon were we faithful, were we uh, charitable, and were we clear in what we said. If those things are true, we were successful in the Lord's eyes because it's not our duty what, what, how the other person responds. Because on, on a certain level of failure, Jesus himself was a failure. Think about John 6. He tells everybody, you know, this is my body, it's my blood. You know, if you don't eat my, my body, you will not have life. You not drink my blood, you will not have life within you. What happens? A lot of the disciples who were following him left him. That's failure in a certain the way we would define today. Also, when he goes to the rich young man and he tells him to, to basically give up everything, give it to the poor and, and come follow me. The rich man does not say, oh, that sounds great, Jesus, I'm going to do it. No, he goes away sad. Another, quote-unquote, failure by Jesus. But of course it's not a failure. Jesus never really fails, because he was faithful, he was clear, he was charitable, all the things we're called to be. And the response, those people were just not open to the Holy Spirit. And so the same thing can happen with us. So when we evangelize, when we share faith with somebody else, and they don't respond, we should look and first make sure, are we being faithful, are we being charitable, are we being clear? Because it's possible we're not doing those things. Maybe we're, we're, we're bitter, or we're angry or we're or arrogant or whatever make sure we're doing those things but if we are doing those things we honestly shouldn't even like care that much about the response in the sense that we can't do anything about it that's all to the holy spirit now we pray of course and, and we do that but so yeah i do think we should not gear our evangelization efforts based upon this idea of we just can't fail in the sense that the person has to respond but instead it's like are we successful in what we did and leave the response to the Holy Spirit. And are we giving a, a witness of fidelity regardless of how people, or whether people can see it, is another thing, too. You know, just a, kind of a first-person account. If late in the evening I decide, you know, instead of just wasting time to uh, take up my breviary, you know, take up my, my rosary or, or what have you, you know, no one may be seeing that, but that is a, um, that, that is a measure of fidelity, you know, so regardless of, of what others may, may observe. Absolutely. And, and the, the truth is, if you evangelize well, like in the eyes of the Lord well, you actually will not only meet failure, you'll, you'll meet rejection. You people just not just saying, okay, I'm not interested, or they walk away, but people yelling at you maybe, or, or and now that doesn't happen very often, but they can definitely say nasty things about you. They can lie about you. But guess what? All that happened to Jesus. And all that happens to the great uh, apostles, I mean, it happened to, to St. Paul, I'm sure it happened to St. Francis Xavier, all the great evangelists. Right. And we have to recognize that could happen to us as well, and that's okay. And that actually is us being faithful, us being like our Lord. There's nothing wrong with those things. 
Well, we are having this great conversation with Eric Sammons from Crisis Magazine, and we'll pick up where we left off after this break. So please stay with us. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Authentic Dialogue. What does the word dialogue really mean? After all, dialogue does not take place simply because people are talking. Mere talk is the deterioration of dialogue that occurs when there has been a failure to reach it. Dialogue first comes into being where there is not only speech but also listening. Moreover, such listening must be the medium of an encounter. This encounter is the condition of an inner contact which leads to mutual comprehension. To listen means to know and to acknowledge another and to allow him to step into the realm of one's own I. Thus, after the act of listening, I am another man. My own being is enriched and deepened because it is united with the being of the other and through it with the being of the world. What we mean is an utterance wherein something of being itself, indeed the person himself, becomes speech. This touches the very being of man as such, purifying and intensifying his potency to be who he is. Men are capable of reciprocal comprehension because, far from being wholly separate islands of being, they communicate in the same truth. The greater their inner contact with the one reality which unites them, namely the truth, the greater their capacity to meet on common ground. Dialogue without this interior obedience, listening to the truth, would be nothing more than a discussion among the deaf. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer, priest of the Diocese of Fargo, as we are visiting with Eric Sammons. And before we get back into that conversation, just a reminder that um, we are very grateful for those of you who are listening to our program live, but remember that there are always podcasts available. Um, if you haven't uh, downloaded the app for your uh, mobile device, you can also go to the website of realpresenceradio.com and uh, listen to the archive of this broadcast and any other Real Presence Live that you may have missed. So Eric, we're, we're visiting with Eric Sammons from uh, editor of Crisis Magazine. A great privilege to have you on air uh, today. So Eric, you know, th- one of the things that hits me is, um, not hits me, but I mean, there's been kind of a consistent message coming out from Rome and, and directly from Pope Francis about, it, it seems like he has this real deep concern about proselytization. And he's always always saying like, you know, don't mm-hmm. proselytize, don't proselytize kind of thing. So, uh, kind of two things that strike me about that. W- well, one, just in my my years of being, you know, kind of in the circuit of being a priest and evangelization, all this, I can, 
maybe I can think of maybe one or two occasions where I kind of kind of experienced maybe a slight proselytization from somebody who's Catholic or whatever. But in my lived experience, I I can't say I I've never really experienced it. But the so I've kind of two questions here. Like so, one these terms never get defined. Like um, we'll get these things like even in the the latest thing that came down from Rome where fiducius superfounds yeah, exactly the, the, nobody defines the terms we we just we sp like clerical we spit clericalism out all the time where we spit proselytization out all the time but nobody ever says well what does that mean what what, what is it that we're against what what is the thing that is bad because I don't want to no. do something evil it becomes a cudgel to beat your right. opponent over but the I head I have yeah. no idea what we're actually talking about so one what's the definition of evangelization proselytization and and how are they different what does it what does it look like can you help us understand that a little bit. Yeah, and it is confusing. Now, I will say traditionally the two words were equivalent. Like, if you look back, you know, 100 years ago, more than that, you know, the two words basically meant the same thing. However, there, there was an understanding that started to come up, particularly uh, after Vatican II, and you see Pope Benedict, he talked about this, that there was this understanding of, okay, when we evangelize, what we're doing is we're sharing the faith and we're inviting people, that's the key part, we're inviting people to become Catholic, we 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 and they, you, you could even say at times urge them in the sense because it's so important. I mean, it is so important to become Catholic. We could even urge people. Proselytization, though, be came to mean this idea of a more forced way of doing yeah. it. And I think I personally, I mean, I, I, as I said at the beginning, I've been involved in evangelization for a very long time. You know, in the Catholic Church, I've never actually seen it in practice, but I could see a situation where where somebody who, for example, has a, uh, let's say, a, a Catholic teacher at a Catholic high school, and there's a student who's not Catholic, if they start to make it where the, the student's success or failure is based upon them going to RC, joining RCIA or something like that, that would be inappropriate, because you're attaching something that, it, you know, some, you're using your power somehow in, in, a, in a wrong way, and you're attaching something outside of, of just becoming Catholic to becoming Catholic. So I think that might be an example. Uh, like I said, I've never seen it happen. In fact, I always see the opposite in today's world happen, where we don't yeah. ever even invite people to become Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I was just going to say, Erica, you know, historically there are a couple of examples of where, you know, one thing can give the whole image a bad name, you know, like during the time of uh, Ferdinand and Isabella, the outreach to Jews in Spain in the 15th right. century, and, you know, things like that. Well, you know, let's not use an extreme example like that to just paint everything with as broad a brush. And I, I think oh, nowadays, too, it, it just we're we're at the point where it's it's actually, I'd say it's actually the exact opposite where we live in such fear of mentioning that we're Catholic or like you you're using the words to invite people and there's always like oh that'd be really rude of me to invite somebody to my Catholic faith because then I'm in triumphalism or I'm looking down upon them or I don't I, I'm not considering that where they're at is as important or something and yeah. we almost err on the side of right like, you don't talk about religion no matter what and fill in the blank you know first date or things Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, so how? Yeah, yeah, help us out with that a little bit, Eric. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And the truth is, though, we really should, evangelization should be natural. What I mean by that is that it should be as natural as anything else we're interested in. So, for example, I'm very interested in uh, baseball. I, I love Major League Baseball. Cincinnati Reds are my favorite team. And so when I, let's say I'm friends with somebody here in Cincinnati, I might invite them to go to a game with me, even though they're not a baseball fan, because I'm like, hey, I think you would enjoy this. 
I'll explain kind of what's going on at the game. I'll explain why this is exciting, whatever the case may be. Nobody thinks that's weird. They'd be like, oh, yeah, he likes baseball, and he's inviting a friend to, to join him. Nobody thinks anything of it. Well, we do the same, We should do the same thing with the most important thing we're interested in, which is the Catholic faith. That simply, the Catholic faith should be so important to us, and it's something that we love so much, that we know, hey, this would be great for this other person, much far more than a baseball game would be. And we just, we, so we invite them. We say, hey, I, I, you know, we, first of all, we tell them about why we, we love being Catholic, what Jesus has done for us in our lives, how the sacraments impact us and our families. And hopefully they see that in our lives. Of course, that's always an important part. That's a basis level that they see it in our lives as well. And then we invite them, though, and we say, hey, would you, you know, my parish is having this event. Maybe it's a, I often don't think it's great to invite a non-Catholic particularly uh, to Mass as your, as, your, as your go-to move. I really feel like it should be something else, like your parish picnic, or maybe there's a, a, a book series at your, at your parish or something like that. You do that first. And then, um, and then of course, as you talk more, you kind of gauge, okay, are they ready to go to Mass? You can explain what that means and things like that. So, but the point is you're inviting them. And I, that's where I see most people fall apart because the fake quote from Francis of Assisi, you know, uh, always be evangelizing, but necessarily use words. And that's just, that's a fake quote because Francis used words all the time. And, and so it's like this idea that we basically never say anything, we just live our faith, and somehow magically people will become Catholic. That's not the way St. Paul did it, that's not the way St. Francis Xavier did it, that's not the way any of the evangelists did it. St. Isaac Job, no, they, they, they use words, they talk to people. And I think we do the same thing. That's not proselytization, that's evangelization, because we're simply inviting them and saying, hey, right. this is so important. We really Propose, want not to impose. <laughs> so, Eric, in, in your own journey, did, did anybody ever invite you, or was it all just on your side and grace? It, you know, the, the truth is, this is one of the reasons I got so passionate about evangelization, because Catholics evangelized me. And, and it was great. I was an evangelical Protestant. I was in a uh, secular um, you know, public university. I was involved in a pro-life group with some other Catholics. And one Catholic in particular... Um, who became my my roommate? He he. I mean, he broke all the rules that we're supposed to follow. <laughs> in the sense of, like, you know, he was he was obnoxious about it practically. But guess what? I'm Catholic today. I'm married to a beautiful Catholic woman, and I have these Catholic children, and hopefully one day Catholic grandchildren. All because he was willing to you know embarrass himself if necessary by by saying, hey, you know, I really think you should become Catholic. I mean, he would say that. You know, we we talked a lot about it. we were friends, we had a relationship. But he, was, he would explicitly say, listen, I don't think you should remain Protestant. I think you need to become Catholic, and here's why. And did I get offended sometimes? Yes. Did I even argue and fight with him at times? Yes. But ultimately, God won, he won, my friend won, and I'm Catholic now, and I'm so thankful. And I think that's something that I always remember I'm so thankful for, and I, 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 that's why we need to do it too, because one day, hopefully, there'll be Catholics who are thankful to us because we cared enough to be embarrassing uh, around them by by urging them to become Catholic. Okay, so Eric, coming back to the original thing about knowing knowing when to shake the dust off, I, I I need your help with one more thing, which is early on in my seminary experience and even across my priesthood, um, I, I get scandalized by Jesus all the time. Like I, I get scandalized when he he lets the rich young man walk away. I get scandalized in John six when. He, he doesn't try another effort of convincing them. Wait a minute, that, everyone. Yeah, come back. Come back. Yeah. No, what I really meant to say, no, you're not hearing me right. No, here, let me grab you by the leg and drag you along. Or Okay, 
Eric, give me some word of comfort. Help me with the fact that uh, my Lord and Savior Jesus scandalizes me because he respects other people's freedom. Help me. Help me with that. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a good way to put it, though, and that's exactly what it is, is that ultimately each person has a unique relationship with God. They either reject him or they accept him, and there's a whole spectrum between that, obviously. And so we have to respect that as well that we are not the ones making decisions. Of course, for parents, this is really hard for, with your kids. But the fact is you have to respect they have a personal relationship with God, whether it's a good one or a bad one, they have one. And so at times, what you're doing is when you're kind of forcing yourself upon them and, and continuing to evangelize, even when they're, they've given all the signals, they're not reading the books you give them, they're not coming to the invitations you give them, they're basically telling you, in so many words, be quiet about it, um, then I think what you have to do is realize every word you say after that, explicitly trying to push them to the, the church, is probably pushing them away. And so therefore, if you really want them to become Catholic, that's when you need to shut up, and that's when you need to pray. In fact, telling the story about my friend from college, that actually happened, that I got so tired of him, I literally told him, shut up, don't ever talk about the Catholic faith again. He respected that, and a month later is when I decided to become Catholic. He said, he said, Eric, that day is when I really started praying for you. Now, all the stuff he had said before was part of this whole equation, but he recognized, okay, I've gone too far, I'm going to be quiet, and he didn't say a word about Catholicism, and then the Holy Spirit said, okay, now I'm going to kick in Our Lady, of course, and said, okay, now I'm going to do my work, and, and that's what happened. Fantastic. Well, listen, Eric, thank you so much for um, uh, for for visiting with us about this. Now, is there a, pardon my ignorance, is there a particular article or piece that encapsulates our discussion here uh, through crisis or another um, another format? Well, to be honest, there's a book, and I wrote it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's handy. <laughs> Do you happen to know the author? <laughs> Yeah, it's called The Old Evangelization. You can buy it on my website, ericsamus.com, or you can buy it from the publisher, which is Catholic Answer, so just catholic.com. You can also buy it, at, I'm sure, at Catholic bookstores, and if you have to, the big, you know, the, the one place I don't mention. Uh, sure, you know, sure. The, the, the site that shall not be named. But, um, <laughs> but the fact is, yeah, Old Evangelization, I go through a lot of this practical stuff, including, like, okay, when do you stop evan when do you stop talking when do you when do you go and, and things all the stuff we talked about today i go into detail in the book the old evangelization excellent thank you very much for that and we're glad we were able to plug that for you thanks again for spending time with us and uh blessings to you and your ministry and your family thank you very much fathers and god bless both of you thank you well, our listeners often comment on how much they enjoy hearing testimonials, conversion stories. Well, we've got a good one for you after this break, as we have someone with us here in studio, and we're going to hear his story after the break. Please stay with us. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. We're grateful for the support of our small business from listeners in the Fargo-Moorhead area. At Lumen Vision, we offer eye exams, vision therapy services, contact lenses, and glasses from popular brands like Oakley, Ray-Ban, Kate Spade, and Eyes of Faith. Lumen Vision accepts many vision and medical insurances, but you don't need insurance to experience high-quality, affordable, Christ-centered eye care from our team. You can learn more about our mission at www.lumen.vision. 
Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Wood Bible Study. St. John Paul II called for a new evangelization, an act of love meant to reintroduce all the faithful to the love of Jesus Christ. This act of love has never been more urgent. In his work, The Judgment of Nations, historian Richard Dawson notes, The hope of the world rests in the last resort on the existence of a spiritual nucleus of believers who are bearers of the seed of unity. If we have faith in the power of the Spirit, we must believe that even these evils can be conquered. For the powers of the world are blind powers which are working in the dark. They are powerless against that Spirit who is the Lord and giver of life, and against those higher powers of spiritual understanding and love, which are the essential gifts of the Holy Spirit. The battle for the world is first and foremost spiritual. Are you ready for battle today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing.